so important to be in the right environment so you can prosper and become the best version of yourself. Phil, thanks for joining uh, the Muscle and Mind podcast. Um, usually I'll give an intro, but I know you're, I know you're born in 1962, but I'm going to allow you to give do me I an look, intro. Do today. I look that old? Well, when I was talking to your daughter last time, she said, um, you're 58. I said, no, he's 59. So, no, you don't look that old at all. The way you were punching that bag, um, I, I think you were a 20-year-old. But give us a bit of an intro um, about Phil and um, where you came from and um, uh, so the guests get to know a little bit about you and then we'll get into this world record that you broke. Well, thanks. firstly, thanks for having me, Matt. It's an honour to be here and tell my story. Um, I really appreciate that. It, it goes further to helping me create the platform that I want to do, which is all about um, being an advocate for mental health awareness. Okay, um, uh, about me. Yeah, I'm 59 this year. Um, I know I look 25. Yeah, I'm almost as good looking as you. <laughs> so my mum would be happy to hear that. It's <laughs> the only one, the only person that, that so, says that I'm good looking. Yeah. So look, I, I was born in Wentworthville um, in uh, August 1962. Uh, um, grew up there. Went to Morris Brothers at Parramatta um, amongst a, a lot of really good. Uh, football players, the, the school really drove um, athletics, uh, cricket and, and rugby league and uh, all of my years all I wanted to do was um, emulate Ray Price, you know, Parramatta Rugby League legend and um, I, uh, I didn't go and grade at Parramatta Rugby uh, League, I went and graded when I left school with Parramatta Rugby and um, it was a burning ambition of mine to play first grade, uh, but in rugby I was a little bit short um, to be a lock forward, which had been my position my whole life. And, and uh, you know, I had to settle for um, uh, at breakaway. And at breakaway position, you, you're basically just an assassin. You just mow down, you know, the five, eight and a half back, and you know, depending whether you're playing open side or, or short side, and and you'll trail across the back line looking for the opposition in in. Um, player stepping back inside and, and just cleaning them up. So it, I wasn't the smartest of players. The, my defence was um, uh, just balls and all approach and just taking blokes out. And I've, I've had the nickname of Crusher uh, since my under-8s, um, North Mood Rugby Union side, where I think we, we won about 13 or 14 premierships in a row. We were the, the strongest um, junior uh, rugby side in the Parramatta junior competition. And, um, you know, my, my life w was sort of dominated uh, by getting used to winning. Mm. And I, I think when you're surrounded by some really great players, and I was like Scotty Johnson, uh, Steve Halliwell that played for Parramatta, um, Scott Jeffries, uh, you know, um, Craig Harbottle, uh, that the, the, I had some really good players, you know, played against Steve Tyneman, that was the Wallabies number eight. He played in the Carlingford Junior uh, side. Um, we, we grew up in, in some really stiff competition. And I, I think that sporting base um, in my life, uh, that sort of catapulted me to, to wanting to be the, the, the best I could. Um, I, I didn't care too much for school, um, to be quite honest with you, at Morris Brothers, at Parramatta. Um, my, my best subject was PE. <laughs> yeah. That's why you wanted to be a PE teacher, I right? did. I did want to be a PE teacher. I think every uh, male wanted to be a PE teacher. 
because it was a, such a cruisy job when you watch your PE teachers in high school, right? Is that mate, the reason? Or? Mate, we, we had a, a guy in, in the early years at Mars Brothers, we had a guy called Don Wright. And Don Wright was on the um, – he, he played, I think, under-23s for when, – when they had under-23s, he, he played uh, halfback for North Sydney Bears. And he was our PE teacher and he was also on the Rex Mossop show back in those days with the Bullworker. Remember the Bullworker? Yeah. You get old enough to remember the Bullworker? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. I remember Rex Mossop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he – Big Don, Manly supporter because I'm a Manly fan, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I had another PE teacher, a really great guy uh, that I really respect, Mr Sparks, Mel Sparks. And he was an awesome trampolinist and he'd played – he was halfback with St George under 23s. And um, so – the, the, these guys sort of took me a bit of a shining to me, took me under their wing, and and at lunchtime I'd, I'd be up on the eight hundred meter track doing eight hundred meter circuits, you know, and I'd strip down just to my shorts and run around and get back into, you know, class might be English or maths in the afternoon, and the brothers would look at me and they go, man, you know, you just Lazarus, what have you been doing yourself? Been in the pool without taking your clothes off, you know, and um, we we had this other brother, brother Thomas Moore, and he was a powerlifting champion, and. Um, Nearly every day at Morris Brothers, you know, we're in the bloody chapel, you know, for, for church, you know. And so I'd hang up the back and Brother Thomas Moore would just sort of wink at me. I'd leave the service. I'd go up to the 800 metre track and be doing, you know, circuits around the 800 metre track while everyone else is in church. And that, that was just, Matt's, that was just my whole drive. I, I just wanted to, you know, emulate Ray Price. We had um, Johnny Muggleton uh, that played at Parramatta and... Um, and Balmain and played in the World Cup uh, under I think it was Frank Stanton. Uh, he, he was um, uh, played in the MK Shield uh, back in those days when we uh, used to be the curtain raiser for the MK Cup, all the combined uh, Catholic high schools. And I, I looked up to to him as well. And um, uh, and there was Peter. So you really over. like a lot of endurance. So like Ray Price. When you look at Ray Price, you go. Endurance athlete just goes all day. Mate, he was so dubbed. He, he was dubbed Mister Perpetual Motion, and yeah. and I just loved, uh, mate. He, he his resilience on the field, mate. You know, I, I remember um, Rocket Rod Reddy in, in the St mm. George Parramatta Grand Final. He punched the absolute crap out of Pricey, and Pricey just kept get, getting up, getting up, getting up. Yeah. And you know th- these sort of things that I followed with people, my grandparents, my, my paternal grandparents. My dad, um, it, it's all been about um, resilience. And um, when I say that, my dad had a stroke on Saturday night, a week to the day of me establishing the world record uh, on the bag for 24 hours. I've been in to see dad at Westmount Hospital every night and he had a bleed on the right-hand side of the brain and they've only allowed myself, my sister and my mum in at the moment. And... He's 82, he's 83 this year and I can see in him the way he is fighting this at the moment, uh, he doesn't even really recognise us or know we're there and he's having the same conversation every five minutes before he elapses into those little micro-sleeps and then wakes up again panicking before he rambles on again for another five minutes, falls back asleep. But there's these little cracks, these little cracks where light sort of shines through and I, I held his hand the other night and he said to me, he said, Philip, he said, I need to get home 
And and he said, I need to fix the tiles on the floor so I don't slip over. And you know what, mate? I saw a man that's much stronger than me. And it, it, I know where I get it from. You know, it, it's it, mental toughness isn't just something you develop. It, you, you get it from other people, you know. And, and I've had the greatest mentor in my life and he's a man that's led by example for his whole 82 years, Mets. Mate, you know, it's, it's funny you say that. You know, my, my dad was very similar. He passed away probably about three, four years ago. I'm sorry to hear that. And the mental toughness that we get, we get from, from our fathers or, or the people that are around us. Sometimes it's not our fathers. Sometimes it's people like you. When people are going to watch you and watch your video um, on Facebook during the 24 hours. I'll never forget when I first met you at Bondi Gym and, I, and you told me you're going to do this 24-hour punching bag um, you're going to try and break this record. And I was thinking, and I don't say this in a way where I'm telling people that you're crazy, but I believe when you start to do things that are crazy, that challenge you mentally to show people that you can overcome anything, you actually inspire people. I actually thought you were crazy, not in a crazy way, but I go, this guy is mentally tough. And that's what I mean, mentally tough and Obviously, there's a lot of things that you've been through in your life which has brought you to that point where you go, I'm going to do these different types of world records. And talking to you right now, obviously, Ray Price. You know, you seem to me like you're an endurance athlete doing these 800-meter runs. Doing this 24-hour, um, you know, punching the bag for 24 hours straight, how do you just come up with these things in your mind and you go, I'm going to do this? Or is it something that... You go, I'm going to do it for a cause. There is a reason. What was the premise of you going, I'm going for it? It, it, it was the same reason as doing the 150 rounds, but, but one just became, I just mixed the order up and, and decided to do the 24 hours instead of the 150 rounds as, uh, because, you know, the whole COVID thing, getting judges out here, looking at 12 grand and the uncertainty of it being able to go ahead with the, the stop-start, with our border closures, the whole COVID thing, I thought, bugger it. Let's create another uh, another way of creating a platform. How about, the, as the bag has been part of my endurance training, why don't I do 24 hours on the bag? My trainer, Ian Schaefer, he just said... Champion thought, bloke. Champion bloke. Unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. Um, I'd love to talk about him a little bit more yeah. because he deserves a lot of credit. Uh, he just said, Macca, you're mental, mate. And, <laughs> and I said... <laughs> what, what? I've seen him say, the crazy bastard's going to get it towards the end. Yeah, and he said to me, well, you know, okay. He said, he just looks at me, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so uh, it, it's all come from... Um, I hope I'm not repeating myself. Uh, no, go it, on. It's it's all uh, come from the background of wanting to showcase that if you believe in yourself, and I'll, I'll get to how my idea of achieve that. If you believe in yourself enough, sincerely and truthfully, you can overcome any obstacle in your life that's dogging you, mm. and you can achieve things that you set for yourself 
to achieve. Okay, now, obviously, mate, Les Galvin, uh, we, we'd been talking for a good 18 months before he killed himself and he knew that I, I was training up for this 150 rounds and he supported it one whole, you know, like wholeheartedly and believed he believed him, he believed that I could do it because he's known me my whole life and he knows, you know, he, a lot, lot of my classmates just call, call me a crazy bastard. You know, I, I don't know whether that's a good thing or not. Look, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think most people that achieve things that most people can't achieve are crazy. You know what I mean? They're in the 1% and it's not a bad thing. I think it's more of, um, you know, an acknowledgement of this guy is a trailblazer and he's, you know, putting forward what can be achieved if you set your mind. I don't think it's it's a bad word. I think I've been called crazy a few times myself. No way. Not as crazy as you, though. Anyone who who mentions there's a guy that punched the bag for 24 hours automatically... Says crazy. Says, who's the crazy guy? <laughs> like, it's automatic. It In is. the last week, we said it how many times, Matt? I think what I every, told you, you Every said person I've told, they said, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the same reaction every time. You're probably a bit level above crazy. You know what I mean? And, and, and hang on. I don't hang say on. that in a bad way, but <laughs> crazy in a way of, yeah. mate, this guy's not normal. And it, that's a good thing, though, because you can show... What, you what is normal? What, well, you know, what's normal? Exactly At the end of the day, what's normal? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And yeah. we don't want people to commit suicide. Because that, that's not normal to us. We don't like that. We don't like hearing that. Like, you, you know, he's your best mate. You don't want to get that news. Fortunately, Matt, I've never been in that headspace... To experience, you know, a, a darkness that some of us will never know. Mm. That that you know culminates in you know someone doing the unthinkable, mm. and it, it's it's like dropping the proverbial pebble in a pool. The way that radiates out after what happens, the people that it affects, and I remember how I felt. You know, I can tap into that feeling right now when he passed. Mate, I was numb. I didn't believe it. And I thought, why? Why? Why has have things got so bad, you know? Like, I've lost everything previously. You know, I've lost my house, you know? I, I'm in my second marriage. Um, Annika and I have been with each other for 15 years, married for six this year, okay? When I was younger, I was the biggest arsehole you ever met. Right, I was arrogant. I was cocky. I was all of those things. Right, it, it was hiding pain. Mm. You know, I I've gone in with mates. I'm not prepared to go in publicly, but there was a big pain there from you know because of your arrogance, or or just no, how my, you my, my arrogance and, and all that was was a mask for the pain the that pain. I'd experienced. You know, as you know, pre teenage years, and, and I'm not prepared to go into that. Yeah. But. Um, that these things uh, that have happened in my life to me, I'm lucky that I didn't succumb to the emotion of it making me go the other way into darkness. I can, you know, the things, the major things that have happened to me in my life that haven't been too good, I've always remembered. I've sort of almost like sat myself down and spoken to myself, you know, in the sort of the big brother, little brother sort of, you know, scenario and said, Right here, what are we going to do? And 
kick myself in the ass. I remember when I lost my house, right? I, I was um. I was in a cyclone in North Queensland. Well, I, I'd gone up to, to work uh, as a builder. I'd gone up to work. Um, I did a lot of insurance work at that time and I was in with a few loss assessors and they rang me up and they said a cyclone has hit North Queensland. It's devastated uh, the, the southern towns of Cairns, Innisfail, Mena Creek, you know, all that sort of area. So I went up and I saw this mate of mine. I priced all this work and I got all this work and I was living on the central coast at, at, at this time after I'd you know, been divorced you know, in, in my first marriage. So I went up and um, uh, we had a situation where, you know, insur- insurance work is, is a third, you know, three-party system and uh, Land Lease was appointed the project manager by um, the uh, insurance company that had the biggest glut of the claims up there. So what happened was uh, they decided when they appointed Land Lease that they would cash all the insureds out, right? Now, the... I'd already priced all the work and done emergency repair work for all these people. They were all cashed out. And then these are people, are cane farmers, banana, banana plantation farmers and whatnot. They've got a cheque, right, massive cheque. You know, they live through drought, they live through cyclones, you know. And so these people have got this massive cheque and they've got to pay me my emergency repairs out of this and buy, buy, multiply it by about 20 jobs. I had 15 guys working for me up there, okay. So they just said... I oh, know you guys are robbers. All you guys from New South Wales coming up here, all your builders, you're robbers, you know. And um, so they said, oh, take us to you know, their equivalent of, you know, the Department of Fair Trading up there. So I was in a rock and a hard spot, saw a lawyer. There's a mate that I went to Morris Brothers with. Um, he said, Phil, uh, you'd probably win the case, you know, but, mate, uh, you're owed hundreds of thousands of dollars. But at the end of the day, mate, they'll keep the meter running. You won't see a cent of it. So I had to walk away from my home. And all I had was my truck, my clothes, my tools. So I thought, gee, this is nice, isn't it? You know? And I just got divorced and <laughs> I didn't have much. And I had even less now. I had 15 bucks to buy myself dinner. And I went and got fish and chips. I was up at Port Stephens. And um, I was sitting out the front. Um, I had enough money to buy a beer, one schooner of beer. And I thought, well, I'll sleep in the truck tonight. And um, you know, I'll hang around the pub, might pick up some work with some local builders, whatever. There was a guy sitting out the front and he was talking to his daughter on the phone. He got off the phone. He said to me, oh, sorry, mate. I said, no, mate, look, I wasn't listening to your conversation at all. And he said, you know what? He said, you got a daughter? I said, yeah, I do actually. You know, we spoke about daughters and, you know. And um, he said, what do you do? I said, I'm a builder. And he said, um, you lived here long? I said, mate, I've only just moved up here this week and I had a job and it's fallen through and blah, blah, blah. And one thing led to another. He said, mate, I'm a builder too. He said, I've just finished a job up the road. They want all these retaining walls built, you know. He said, um, I, but I can't do it. I've got another job to start. He said, you want to come up and price the work for these people? Um, I've thought to myself, I looked up in the sky and I thought, you've got to be kidding me, you know. So I went up and saw these people with him the next day. I got the job. That was the start of 12 months' work. Wow. And I, so I didn't... $15. $15. You're in the pub. In the pub. don't know where you're going. No. You got no house, no, no nothing. Nothing. Wow. And that happens. Now, that, that's, mate, if that's not the hand of God on your shoulder, mm. I'm buggered if I know it is. So, you never really gave up. No oh. matter how hard life got, you never really gave up. Well, I rang my dad. Yeah, what did your dad say? I rang my dad. <laughs> he said, What do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just hoping for, like, some sort of, I don't know, maybe. 
Because if my young bloke rang up and told me that, I'd be going, mate, are you all right? You know, like, where are you at the moment? You know, you want to come to our place tonight, whatever? Dad just said, because he's old school, my parents grew up in the Depression, man, you know, and um, Dad's a Redfin boy. Mm. And uh, so he just said, uh, so? I mean, what do you mean, so? He said, well, mate, you've got two options. You either lay down and let the world walk over you, or you get up and you just keep moving forward. And I thought, I hate you. Like, you know, like that, that comment just left me really gutted, you know. And I got off the phone pretty quick, Matt, and, and I just thought to myself, I need another beer. And I said, mate, can you buy me another beer? Mate, I'll buy you one back, I promise. This is before the guy came up to you? Yeah. To offer you the job? Yeah. I said, mate, I need another beer. You know, can you buy me a beer? Do you think that toughness in your era that you were brought up with, and I, and I probably got a bit of it towards the latter end, but I reckon in your area you probably would have got it more. Do you think, um, you know, in retrospect, when you look at it, you felt like, geez, he's an asshole. But now you look at it and you go, that's exactly what I needed, right? It was tough love. Tough love, yeah. And, and mate, these days, you know, um, I don't want to get in any sort of political debate, you know, but these days I'm just, you know, you can knock me over with a feather. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I don't to argue with anyone, man. Yeah. You know, um, I, I really think, the kids these days, they don't know how good they got it, mm. you know. And I, I think the lessons that I've learnt, that they really toughen you up for life. And mm. that comment from Dad that day, I look back on that like I look... Because I was apprenticed to my dad too, yeah. because he was a builder, and I was apprenticed to him, and I used to hate him at work. But now I look back, and he wanted me to be the best he could make me to be, yeah. you know. And that's tough love. And, and to do that as a parent... That must have hurt him yeah. to, to do that and, and just to sort of push me out that night, you know, knowing I was sleeping in my truck. He knew that I could handle that. Mm. As much as I hated it, yeah. and I did, he knew I could handle that. Mm. And, and so that says much more about him than me, Yeah, you know, his mindset. Well, look, you know, at the start of the show, I was looking at your, your, the tears you felt for your, your dad. So... He was a big inspiration in your life. Man, you got no idea. So let's move forward, right? You're on the bag now. How many times in the 24 hours was your dad in your ear? Dad came down in the morning, right? He's 82, lives out at North Rocks. So it's a good hour's drive for them and maybe longer in the traffic. And then he said, I'll ring up. (laughs) He knows how to motivate (laughs) me, man. He said... I'll ring Annika in the morning to see if you're still going before I come down with your mother. And I thought, you prick. <laughs> before you to quit. <laughs> I thought, you arsehole. And, and, and it was like he said that just so that if I felt like I, you know, was going to falter, that I'd spied him, and I did. Yeah. yeah. He, knew, he knows how to push your buttons. He Mate, knows exactly what to say. He's incredible. Yeah. You know, and my grandmother was the same. Yeah. You know, one of the greatest... Story she ever told me was the story of the little red caboose. This is my dad's mum, right? And she raised all dad's family with my granddad in Redfin in Cleveland Street. And she'd always tell me the story of the little red caboose. That it was at the bottom of the hill with this load of logs on it and would always say, I think I can, I think I can. Got to the top and said, I knew I could, I knew I could and coasted down the other side. It's weird how... Things like that story, just a small story like that, can stick with you your whole life. 
Because whatever, whenever I'm faced with a challenge, I, I will... She's there. It, it's like, okay, people pass away, but it's like electricity. You, you can't store electricity. So the energy of a person, I believe, in a romantic sense, just fills the atmosphere. Yeah. And so I feel her spirit within me just through that little story. And I looked at the bag, I looked at her name, Ethel, that's written on the bag, and Daniel, my grandfather, her husband, and, and I thought, I went from I think I can to I know I can. Yeah. And I kept punching, you know? Yeah. So 24 hours, get to the four-hour mark, five-hour mark. Which points of punching that bag, being on your feet, were the greatest struggle, where did your mind have to go to to get through those moments? 10pm. 10pm. I remember it. So you started at 9am. 9am. And 10pm, I got to 10pm and um, I started to feel like clammy, you know, and um, my mate Bobby Antonakis from Bondi Boxing, he'd come down. Like Bobby. Yeah, got a lot yeah, of time for legend, yeah. legend, and he's walked in, and it happened right then. My blood sugar level dropped, and I went pale. My team were talking to me, and my wife, and I couldn't respond to them. I wanted to get the words out, but I, it's like I can't speak, and I didn't know what was going on. I just felt like shit, and I thought, "What's going on?" And I've got a in my heart. I've got a right branch bundle block so you know it's an electrical sort of short wiring with i'll miss a beat every now and again and you'll feel these palpitations you might go whoa you know and i just thought it was that and i just thought okay so i'll push through that right and two weeks beforehand i, I went and had a you know electrocardiogram done and and all my bloods and everything just to you know because i am nearly 59 i thought it's just the right thing to do so i i just dismissed it as being a palpitation and just push through. And, and, and so it got worse. And I went, whoa, what's going on here? And Bobby just worked it out straight away. He's gone, his blood sugar's dropping. And in the weeks leading up, I cleaned my diet right up, like I do with any sort of endurance event. And I'd been so mindful of cutting sugar out of everything. Here's me talking about sugar. <laughs> well, it's a celebration. Yeah, thanks, yeah. mate. We got another one after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. We're gonna have one again. So, the 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 thing was, um, what what a stupid thing! Like we'd prepared for everything, and the one thing we hadn't prepared for was a drop in sugar. You know, now yeah. I, I was taking five hundred. We'd keep mixing up five hundred mil of hydrolyte sports from electrolytes and minerals, and then in in the other container. Uh, we, we had 500 mil of pure carbs mixed with branch chain amino acids. And, and I've tried this for a long time, right, So w- without any drama. But I, I've never gone beyond 12 hours. And so m- m- maybe I, I knew that after 12 hours it was going to be a test. And, and it was. And so, but I, I wish it could have come later than earlier. <laughs> it happened yeah. at 10 p.m. and I crashed. I had to battle constant sugar level drops from 10 p.m. to the following 9 a.m. Now, if no one 
Wait a second, from 10 till 9, so that's a good, like... Another 11, 11 well, hours? 11 hours, yeah, 12, yeah, a bit 10, longer. 11 hours, yeah. yeah. So if, if anyone watching that doesn't know what it's like to, to suffer a big sugar level drop, um, doctors will, will usually tell you to get down on the ground, lay down before you collapse, right? I can't tell you how much I wanted to give up mm. right then and there. I'd fought, mm. you know, and man, I was in pain. Yeah. My legs were cramping. Um, I just wanted to give up. It, it, and that then I, I, I tried all the names that I'd written on the bag, I'd written on for, for when I'd get to that point. So I tried to summon the strength of all these people's names that were written on the bag. Nothing had come. And I thought, this is all bullshit, you know. Mm. So I thought to myself, okay, this is how we're going to do it. I'm not going to quit on my feet. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to collapse. Mm. So I thought, fuck it, I'm going to push myself until I collapse. Mm. And at that point, adrenaline kicked in. Wow. And I got a spark. Now, I've since said to people, I look at this two ways. The romantic way of looking at it, that all the people that were there written on the bag, their strength didn't come. They, they, they weren't prepared to help me punch on until I could see what I could do for myself. Mm. I think the more pragmatic way of looking at it was probably that I'd push my body to the absolute maximum before adrenaline kicked in and took over. So you can all take what you want from it. Um, I'd like to think, take the romantic mm. approach to it. You're sitting in the chair where one of the people that was on the bag, Jacinda Barkley, is sitting right You now. told me that earlier, and, and, and I showed you when you told me that, that the hair stood up my arm. Yeah. And... She was a high-level sports person, obviously, and um, no one knew how dark she was inside. She takes her life. Um, when I look at people with mental health issues or depression, you usually look at people that are high-level sports people, um, people that have had a lot and lost a lot, Um the message that you want to send to people and what you've been able to do is it's not about the material world for you. It's more about having that balance but always shooting for something that's probably beyond your reach but costs really nothing. Small it's, it's small steps, Mets. Yeah. You know, it, it's small steps, mate. I, honestly, you know, no one wants to be in a bad place. Yeah. That there's. There you go, Phil. Yeah, she is right there. Up on the screen. Wow. It's funny, back then, has no, no one would have known. No way. No one would have known. Like, you, she was sitting right there. You wouldn't have known what she was going through. No. Fantastic person. Yeah. yeah very, very talented. You know, words can't, you know, when you look at that, that, that there's, there's no words that you can say to do justice to, you know, that, that loss. Yeah. You know, it, it just leaves me... Speechless almost. It, it does, it? mate, honestly, you know, and, and that's no disrespect mm. to her uh, to not be able to say anything. It's, it's just, 
it, it just it just leaves me dumbfounded. Mm. It, it, What's your look? It's one of those mental health is so hard, and yeah. a lot of the times you think people are getting better. What's your message to the people out there that are suffering? Because obviously, you want to help impact as many lives as you possibly can that are hurting inside. What what would be your message with with what you went through twenty four hours and pretty much all your life? You've gone through a lot of setbacks and challenges. Yeah, you know, there's. There's more than just one message, you know. But look, you know, you put me on the spot a bit here, and it's so not an easy one to answer it, for it, anyone. It's it's, it's for not. Anyone. It's not. But you know, there's so many things that I want to say to people that are hurting, uh, and it's obviously going to be a different, you know, thing that I would say to, to each each person because mm. it, there's different circumstances. Yes. For, for everyone and for, for me personally it, it's about having the ability to believe in yourself mm. and uh, one particular year at Christmas I was doing it tough and um, Steve Vella the uh, uh, Parramatta League legend you know um, Zip Zip he and his wife um, gave me a book for Christmas and, uh, you know, I was used to see a lot of Steve when I lived on the Central Coast. And it was a book called Legends. And, and it was about, um, uh, I think it was uh, Australian sports people that had achieved, you know, great success you know, in, in, their, in their field. And the theme through the book was all about their life changed and they were able to achieve greatness when someone that they really believed in showed belief in their ability. Mm. And, and that's when, you know, that, that took off. And, and so, so because it, it, this question you asked, Matt, it's, it's, it's very hard, I think, to throw a blanket answer 100%. out there. I t- definitely agree with that. But if I had to, bro, I, I would say that, Belief in yourself and the, the way that I believe you can get that is the and, and it's the, the, the way I form a group and, and I've changed the name of Team Fearless to Phil McDonald Power Community instead of Team Fearless Power Community because who's Team Fearless? Is, it, it's me. So yes. Ian Schaefer, my trainer, said, mate, you need to change that. So reluctantly I did, you know, because... You know, I don't want it to be about me, but he said, it is about you, bro. So he said, change. So, okay, I changed it. Right? So para community, surrounding yourself with good people is how I've been able to believe in myself. And so the, the message that I think, if I can, you know, be sort of generic in a way, and I don't want to be generic, is to say to people, find something that you like mm. first. There's, it doesn't matter how dark your day is, there's got to be something you like. I mean, maybe you, you, you like eating chocolate more than you like ice cream. Well, find a chocolate group or an ice cream group. You're going <laughs> yeah. to find – and yeah. I love both, actually, yeah. by the way. I mean, I'm so in both like groups, man. You can find that group. Yeah. I know a lot of people yeah. that I'll join. Cool. <laughs> so um, my wife's the same, so that's why yeah. we get on so well, you know. Yeah. So, okay, 
find someone that you know yeah you're aligned with actually i like that one and and you'll you'll soon develop belief in yourself mm. you know i don't think that's generic at all I, I i think you know i don't think you know if it's a blanket one but i think that one there is probably the best one find your community my word find your community my and, word. and if if you know like you know some of the people in the in here if you're in videography photography whatever it is find that group if you want to be a leader find leaders if you want to be a rugby league player find people that have done it before you because i think it's it's that like-minded process yeah that is going to help each individual and then obviously in those communities you want those people to be able to allow those people in you know doesn't matter what level they're at because I think sometimes people, doesn't matter where they go, whether they go to a gym, whether they go to boxing, they might feel intimidated by the people that are at a higher level. Our job, obviously, is to show people that this is for beginners as well, as well as advanced. And we help people at all different levels. And obviously, going back to the chocolate yeah. ice cream, if you can only have yeah. you know one square, we can get you up to that's my ten third, blocks. That's my third group: <laughs> beer. Yeah, love, beer. love a good beer. The chocolate but ice cream, mate. <laughs> doesn't go too well. It's in your no, mind, no. now, mess. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I think Phil's got me there. I'm watching a few videos of him here, and just goes to show just how hard Phil. Mate, Joe, you've done some work. Training. This you've is when pulled this some is background when, uh, stuff up that <laughs> I've, t- I've forgotten about. This is when we uh, when you were finishing, Phil. This is when you're finishing. What happened here, Phil? You're going hard. Now you're pushing hard. There's about 90 seconds to go. You've, do, you've done so many hours. There's Ian. What were you thinking right now, Phil? I want to go to breakfast. <laughs> so you know you're talking about your blood sugar levels? Yeah. For those last 11 hours of going up and down, where did you find this? Where did you find that? Part My family. There? My family. My dad. My, my wife had yelled out to me. Was your dad there? Dad, the dad was there with mum, yeah. Um, Annika had read out the comments on the live stream. She said, um, Adam McDonald was my cousin. Adam has just said, if you put a, one big punch in at the end, you'll donate $1,000. So he, he donated $1,000 um, right at the end of, of, uh, of that, which was great, you know, fantastic. So if you're listening, Adam... Uh, for this, how about another grand, bro? <laughs> Tell us about the the um, Schaefer Foundation. Yeah. Okay, Ian. Um, Tell us a about Ian, and then we'll go into the Schaefer, cool, Schaefer Foundation. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So he's your yeah. trainer. Yeah. So Ian's my trainer. Has been for well over twelve months now. And how we met was um, one one day I was just um, on the bag, and uh, he, he was just sort of hanging out in the gym, and. Uh, you know, I'm throwing a left hook at the bag, you know, and uh, he said, um, he said, mate, 
And I didn't even know who this guy was. You know, he's he's come up and you know he looked like a bit of a hard bastard. And I've known him for over ten yeah. years. Yeah, and he he's just he said to me, man. He said, just plant that front left foot because I'm orthodox. He said, plant that front foot, you know, a bit more um, instead of pivoting off the tail when you throw your left hook. And I've gone, oh, okay. And he said, bring your, your your right heel down, you know, as you throw it, and just point your, your your left knee, you know, toward the direction of the punch, you know. And I've gone, okay. And then uh, there I am with Tony and Ian, and yeah. so we spoke a bit more and and. I sort of said, oh, who's this? And uh, I said, oh, mate, don't you know who that is? Mm. Like, he, he sort of, you know, pioneered UFC here in Australia. I've gone, no yeah. way. And he's had about 15 pro boxing fights as well. Um, he's defeated four world champions. Mm. Uh, he trained under Oscar De La Hoya's trainer in Miami in the last two years of his pro career, uh, which was about 12 years ago. And uh, so... so what he knows, and, and to coin my father's phrase, he, you know, like, he's forgotten more than what most people will know. And when a bloke of his calibre speaks, you listen, you know. And he's become a close mate, and, and that's fantastic. And um, Ian was homeless for a number of years yeah. and lived on the trains and, and whatnot. And his story, you know, pretty much parallels Jeff Fennick's story in a lot of ways. You know, the police sort of took him into PCYC and he became a, 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 um, a world champion. He's defeated uh, four uh, world champions and at, at the end of his career he decided to um, uh, establish the Schaefer Foundation that feeds the homeless in the streets of Sydney. Uh, they meet every 5pm down at Woolloomooloo under the, the overpass there near PCYC, just up from the Woolloomooloo Police Station. Last year, Ian established a street buffet in Perth uh, and, and he's, he's work, currently working on trying to establish a street buffet over in Cambodia and m- more from a point of view of you know, doing things like uh, cleaning up their water supply and everything. He's really like Bill Gates without Bill Gates' millions, you know, like w- wanting to make a real difference and, and leaving a legacy. And it's interesting when you set out to do something that it's a weird sort of dynamic where, you know, there must be other hands at work that bring like-minded people together. Mm. And so he and I, well, I think, were brought together mm. by a force outside ourselves. And on top of that, um, can I... Talk about yep. Phone King. Yeah, of course you yeah. can. Yeah. Phone King, um, my major sponsor. Yeah. Uh, and I've got Street Success under there. Can you Street? Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's Love Ian's it. parallel yep. fa- foundation that he's just established recently, which works in conjunction with Father Chris Riley's Youth Off the Street to uh, identify one person at a time that's in need that we help get back up on their feet, which is fantastic. So... The, um, the other weekend when I, I set the world record for 24 hours, the whole reason behind that was to... Although I dedicated the day to the memory of Les Galvin, it was about raising money for street success so we can help one person at a time get, get back up on their feet. Now, Ian's done all that on his own. Hmm. And, you know, I just... That's unbelievable. At, mate, 
Both you and Ian are very, very humble. And he's fly under the radar. And he's do so much. He's just so giving. Like, like I've known Ian for a long time. And for what he does, you know, feeding the homeless, he's always told me to come down. I, and I honestly, I haven't and I should. He's told me, like, I want to get down there. But it's it's huge, you know. I mean, like, it's not like Ian, like you said, he's not like got a ton of money like a Bill Gates. He's just doing things out of his heart because he just loves it. He knows where he came from. Do you know what I mean? 100%. And, you know, you two getting together, I reckon that's a, a, a match made in heaven. I'm surprised he's only known each other for 12 months because he's a very, very similar, very, very passionate about um, the cause that you guys are, you know, um, putting forward and, and how many people you want to help. And um, he's had an, an unbelievable career and he's been around for a long time. And... He's been at that gym for a while. He's known the boys for a while. That's why I'm surprised you've only known him for 12 months because he's not that type of guy to gloat around and walk around saying, I'm this and I'm that. Not at all. But he's had amazing achievements in his career. I I had to ask around. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's (laughs) why I'm surprised, you know what I mean? Because he has achieved a lot. Right, mate, and, and then some, and he shies away. He does from stuff. He does, you know. Yeah, he he makes jokes about things, wisecracks <laughs> about things, <laughs> and, and you know, uh, yeah, he's he's just he's actually uh, not just an extremely intelligent guy, and he is, um, but he's an extremely funny guy. Yeah, as well. Yeah, you know? we've had some good jokes. There. Oh yeah, mate. So is street okay. success part of the Schaefer Foundation? It, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that? Yeah. So so so, so so that that runs you know side by side with with that Harry so okay. and uh, I, I I find that um, it's it's more realistic because you know it's easier to help one person at a time and put all your energy into them and, and sort of spread your energy across helping you know x x amount mm-hmm. so you get this person back on their feet boom okay. yeah and and so on yeah. Is he, is he still down there at Bondi Box? Are you doing something together? You told me he's doing something together at, at a gym where he's setting something up so that you guys can help more people. Yeah, look, it's it's been a goal of mine for a while. Um, you know, I've been sport all my life. Uh, it's been a goal of mine to train people. Uh, I didn't get the opportunity at, um, at Bondi Boxing because it's, it's, it's boxing specific. Uh, so... I've had the opportunity after meeting Abe McHale from Phone King and Ken Blood there to establish something where we can not only train any hour of the day we want, um, but we can also train other people that we want to help and, and not just in a, a boxing-specific you know, sort of setup. So um, Abe is just... You know, basically given us the key to the door and said, knock yourself out. And I've gone to myself, where do you find people like this? Mm. You know? Uh, That's with Ian as well, yeah? Is it both you and Ian? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I've just, wow. You know what's funny? Ian's super talented, you know, and I'm I'm always thinking why he hasn't done his own thing. And um, it just makes sense to me. I I think sometimes when you're really good at something, you take, not just take it for granted. No, no. Do you think there's a bit of complacency sometimes? You go, well, I, this was easy for me. I don't know if I can make this a career. There's no challenge in it for him. And, and you know, he's the sort of guy who's like me. He's motivated by challenges. And, and 
So he's he's done that. It's dominated a big part of his life. What else can he do? And what he's he's done now with Street Buffet is thank thank you is is awesome. And with the Schaefer Foundation, it's just like who does that sort of stuff? And he gets down there all the time. One hundred percent. As we got to get down there. Yeah. So Street Buffet, we're gonna we're gonna tag everything up. Oh, so you just yeah. gotta let, let us know Street Buffet. Um, street success, Schaefer, street success, Schaefer Foundation, Schaefer Foundation, Phone yeah. King. It's every Saturday. Yeah. yeah. What time does that? Yeah. Five, five p.m. on okay. on on Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. You know, like I was just listening yeah, on, on the radio the other day. Jones in Amanda, I think on one hundred one point seven, and they've got these community award nominations, mm. and if anyone should be nominated, it should be Schaefer. Yeah. For these community awards, because he's done it for what eleven years. Eleven years. Wow. This is the twelfth year, bro. Yeah. Twelfth year. Wow. He's yeah. an esta- already an established street buffet Perth. Mm. Uh, he's a single dad raising eleven year old daughter. Good dad, Ira. I've met his daughter. She's Great gorgeous. Yeah. She's gorgeous. gorgeous she, yeah. You know, I've adopted her like a niece. So yeah. you know, and and he and I are pretty tight. You know, yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah, relationship. It's almost like you've known each other for decades longer than what we have. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you? Um, so the next challenge is the hundred and fifty. Round. Yeah, I want to have a bit of rest before I do Because <laughs> a bit of a background story, you're in water sports. Uh, much I've, for nearly 25 years, 25 years, I've paddled ocean marathons. But in the boxing arena, you found that the community suits you more. Is that right? Look, my, my dad was a fight promoter. Mm. He, he promoted the likes of Wally Carr. Uh, you know, I was with Wally the night my daughter was born. That's nearly 34 years ago this April. Um, uh just what, what Wally was such a character, and the characters in boxing, I, I, I just sort of, I think, was drawn. I've always been drawn, you know, not only the folklore around it, uh, the, the just the characters in it and whatnot. Um, and Dad's uh, mother, my, my grandma, my paternal grandmother was Les Darcy's cousin. So there's all the, always been this so sort of romantic, you know, sort of, you know, attachment to it all, and. I've devoured, devoured every book you know that I could find and read about Les Darcy and and to some extent every book you know of Muhammad Ali you know my library at home our bookcase in the lounge room I think there's about 20 books on Muhammad Ali and I've read all of them wow. you know back to back you know probably twice at least so I was using boxing as cross training to um, set a, a 24-hour non-stop record paddling. And I felt that I wasn't getting, and it was for the same reasons for raising, you know, uh, awareness, you know, for mental health and what could be achieved through the power of community. Felt that I was just getting nowhere with support from that, and I thought, I felt, I felt this, I don't know, that this, that there was more feeling of belonging at Bondi Boxing amongst all the boys, and I hadn't. Boxed actively uh, since I was a teenager, you know, at Parramatta Police Boys Club. And a lot of things and a lot of desires came back straight away. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to do the 24 hour paddle. I'm going to cement myself back in boxing. Mm. And I really love going to the fights again. And uh, I'd, you know, pester Tony Del Vecchio to be down in the room preparing the boys. I didn't want to be upstairs 
near the ring. I want to be down you want to be there. downstairs yep. with the boys, feeling you know their emotion mm. you know, after their glove wrapped and gloved, you know, on the pads, warming up before they go upstairs, just soaking up that 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 atmosphere, that that mm. you know that feeling, and um, and I thought this is where I want to be, mm. and and so training there using the boxing as my cross training, I just came up with the idea. I'm going to do 150 rounds. Mm. And I remember the day I'd, I sparred two rounds and I was on my knees, mm. you know, gasping for air. And the guy I sparred was a little bit, only a little bit younger than me and he said, how can you expect to do 150? You can't even do two. Get up, yeah. keep going. Well, you know, probably 18 months after that I was sparring 30 rounds with only 30-second breaks, 50 rounds with only 30-second breaks, 70 rounds with 30-second with breaks. And get going back to our previous discussion about people with depression mm. and getting out of the darkness you know, and, and setting goals, okay, you know, sure, you know, have, have a goal, but, but, but don't be dogged by the time that it's going to take there to, to achieve that goal, you know, Fall in love with the journey yeah. because every step reinforces the next step. And looking back now after the other Saturday and achieving, you know, a world record, I, I look back more fondly, Mets, at each step mm. and the fun that I had and the confidence that I gained after achieving one thing leading to the next. Like when I did 120 rounds, when I did 150 rounds, when I went and did 12 hours. Yes, yeah. I enjoyed those things more yeah. than achieving the actual 24 hours. Yeah. But what I did love about the 24 hours is looking out and seeing the people around me. Yeah, celebration. It wasn't a massive amount of people. I don't want that. Yeah. I want a small circle Yeah. because they're all yeah. on the same page yeah. as me. Yeah. You know, blokes like Wayne Cleveland, Big Wave Surfer, you know, Bobby Antonakis, mm. um, Ian, yeah. Mick Spinks, yeah. um, you know, Shannon Taylor mm. came up from Wollongong, yeah. stood there with me. Dara Foley, uh, Grant Bomber Barker, mm. you know, um, uh, two or three time world yeah. kickboxing champion that's down the Shire. Um, the the well wishes of support that, that I've had from people all over Australia prior to the event and afterwards is just pinch yourself in the arm stuff. You know, mm. it, it's been that that's that's been wonderful. You know, and my son said to me, my eldest boy said to me, we went to breakfast afterwards and up at Fifth Earl at Rosebury. I'll give them a plug because they've they've donated, you know, a fair bit of money uh, to the Schaefer Foundation and, and, and supported me. And so my wife, Anitza, and myself and eldest boy, James, went in there and, and they said, order whatever you want, it's on the house. Mm. I went, well, thanks so much, guys. You know, and... Um, Jamie said to me, he said, so, Dad, how do you feel? Do you feel elated? Do you feel this? Do you feel that? And I said, just normal, mate. I'm going to ask you another question. So I was talking to um, uh, an old staff member in the car and you don't have any, you don't have too big a highs and you don't have too big a lows. And when we have a sense of achievement and people go, Fuck, you know, I think that's how important. do you feel? I think that's important. We're level-headed, right? Yeah. And I think it's that levelness, that level-headedness that, that probably puts you in good stead to go after these different records that you're going after because if you're going for, for the high, mm. the 
there's going to be too many lows. And it seems to me like even when you did hit your lows, it was still like there's still hope in my life. There's still opportunity. There's still things that I want to achieve. And it's still not going to take me to these highs. It's just it is what it is. I've, I've just done that. I've just shown people it's not a big deal. Going into the 150 rounds, is that already done in your head? And that's another world this record, what, yeah? That's yeah, another world record. Yeah. yeah, this is, Harry, why I did the 24 hours. Because I, I wanted to leverage with something to give myself a steel-clad you know, mindset that, man, if you can do 24 hours, you can do 153-minute break. 153 minute rounds with a minute break each time. Now, let, let, like for all the people listening or you know watching this, the guys that there's going to be 15 guys, spar me 10 rounds on average each, right? So, and these are going to be some of the best boxers in Australia, right? Now, they're not in there trying to take my head off because if they wanted to do that, they'd get me out of there 10, 15 yeah. seconds flat, bang, in the first round. So, let, let's get that squared away. This is an endurance event, right? And they're, they're carrying me. You know, like I'm 15, I'll be 59. You know, I'm 59 in August, so it's probably going to be after August and toward the end of winter. And so there's a good chance I'm going to be 59 when I do it. So, you know, th- these guys are in their 20s, early 30s at, at most, you know, they're not in there trying to take my head off, but this is an endurance event. So, but, you know, the punching bag doesn't hit back. The heavy bag doesn't hit back, hit back. These guys do. And, you know, in a reflex action, if I'm not on my game and they hit me, they could take me out easily. So I've got to be, you know, focused the whole time. So th- this is being about I've got to be 100% focused for 153-minute rounds. got to be strategic. I can't move around a lot, so I'm not going to be dancing around a lot. I'm going to be in the pocket, as, as, as we call it, when I fight, and I'm going to be losing a lot of head movement and slipping punches and catching punches rather than dancing and spinning out because that's going to use a lot of energy. Yep. So I've got to be strategic about it. Just the way I was strategic about the um, – there's my dad now. Yeah. Um, just as I was about the hundred, uh, the 24-hour event. It was – it doesn't look like I'm doing much. The strategy that we employed or the strategies that we employed – you know, that there's a considerable amount of them from staying, nutrition to, you know. Just staying awake for 24 hours and next to that bag is tough enough. Oh, look, Shafe, you know, even researched about Carcadian rhythms and, and having light yeah. shining on the back of my neck. Yeah. You know, things like that, yeah. little things like that that yeah. people wouldn't think about. Yeah, yeah. You know, because any little bit of darkness or dimming of light, your body senses that it wants to go to sleep. sleep yeah. So th- there was a host of things and ideas that, that we employed uh, that went into this, you know, and it wasn't like I just woke up one morning and said, oh, look, I'm pretty fit, let's punch out, you know, 24 hours on the bag. Yeah. yeah. And finally, obviously there was a lot of people that um, were a big part of this. Um, do you want to take this opportunity to name those people and thank them? I know you, we've mentioned Fan King, Ian Schaefer, but is there anyone else you'd like to thank before we... Um, Finish this and uh, we finished. There's a lot of no, we nearly finished. finished. No, <laughs> I've got plenty to say. We'll go as long as you want, mate. No, we'll go as long as you want. <laughs> yeah. How long you got? 
We'll go for six How hours. How many beers did you My mum yeah, always say, says that I could talk under water no, and mouth full well, of marbles. Listen, I think she's right. Okay. How about this? Yeah. What, else, what have we missed about Phil? What have we missed that people need to hear to get inspiration and to, um, to give them hope to not just hope, but faith, faith that they can become their, their best, like faith that they can, whatever they set their minds to, they can achieve. Well, I think. First thing, if it was me, if I was on the bones of Mars today, mm. um, I have to say to myself, okay, um, I, I've I've got to find, you know, something to attach to, and, and that's obviously it'll be something you like. Mm. So find something you like, and find um, similarly aligned people mm. that that share that, uh, you know. Um, they're on the same page as you, whether it's you know love for bushwalking or, or a book club, or you know um, that they love going to F forty five or they, you know, whatever. You, you got to find. Mm. I think as you put, you got to find your tribe. And um, in in the boxing community, I've definitely found mine, one hundred percent. So uh, and in in terms of thanking other people, I'd like to thank. Rod Prasad from T-Shirts Only that um, has done all my shirts and it, uh, would accept no money from me at all. Uh, he's at right on there. Uh, so, sorry, Silverwater. Um, big thank you to, to Rod Prasad. Um, Chad and Sam from Just Sport Alexandria, McAvoy Street. Uh, they've sponsored me and um, from, uh, you know, my running shoes to... You know, all my gym gear, my punching bags, my gloves, everything um, they've done for me. Um, Tony Del Vecchio, Bondi yep. Boxing Club. Uh, you know, Tony's been very generous to me uh, for, you know, just I think over four years since he's been open there. I, I started in there just after he opened. Um, I'm there at Bondi Boxing now. And um, when there's... Uh, Ian Schaefer, although he's my trainer, um, Ian goes out of the way. You know, he checks in on me every day mm. to, to see where I'm at. Um, I'm okay. Uh, there's a real care mm. factor there with Ian. And as, as you've known him for a lot of years, you know, know that that's part of his... He's been his, through a lot. He's a very caring person, mate. And, and, he's and, been, and he's been through a lot. But to be through everything that he's been through and still have the ability to care about other people yeah. the way he does says so much about, about him, him. Yeah. as a person too um, that, that I extremely admire. Uh, and then, you know, although I've mentioned before, but, you know, last but not least, um, we're the best to last phone king, Abe McHale and Ken Blood. Uh, but these guys are unbelievable. How did you, you know? meet the boys from there? Well, through Thank Ian. You. Ian's known him for a yeah. long time, yeah. and this is testament to, to Ian. You know, his friendships with people span back oh, many, nice. many years. Yeah. You know, like he, he never burns a bridge. Yeah. You know, he, he's he's always mindful of other people and what they've done he's for him. Always smiling and laughing, mate. Hey, isn't he? Isn't that right? He, and he, yeah, you, you know, he smiles and he picks you up straight away. You know, and yeah. and it's almost without saying anything, he smiles, says, "Snap out of it." Yeah, you know? yeah, like, he's very positive, very engaging, very affable person. Um, great trainer, as as I've said, uh, and and I've seen him, you know, develop people within just a few weeks from. You know, j- just a you know um, a medium or a- average athletic ability in, in terms of 
uh, you know, boxing technique to taking them to a, another level that they would never think you know, themselves of being able to achieve. I've seen it many, many times. Uh, and, and, it, and it just speaks volumes about his, his ability as a teacher. Not, not just a boxing trainer but, or, or a PT, um, but there's a real care factor involved whenever he imparts his knowledge. Yeah. And I think that's important for anyone that's a teacher in, in, yeah. in any aspect. And, you know, when I try to, you know, I don't sound like I'm putting myself up there when I'm saying I'm a teacher, but, you know, because uh, I think teachers are, are extremely incredible people. But I, I think if you're going to teach or impart anything, uh, you've got to be genuine, you've got to be sincere, you've got to do it with heart. Mm. And I, I've got a genuine heartfelt mm. you know, feeling for anyone that, that's struggling. But I find it frustrating when, when you know, you see so many, and, and this is why street success is so good, because we aim to help one person at a time, and that's like, you know, weight off your shoulders when, when you can just put your energies in one person. And, and you see, you know, the, the um, improvement mm. in that person over a few weeks by helping them out yeah. with, you know, whatever they need. It's just, it's really gratifying. There's one more person we've got to thank is your daughter. Laura. Laura. She was the one that put the message <laughs> in the group and said, you've got to interview my dad, Mets. She's a great, great daughter. She's a great girl. She I is. know you think the world of her. How good is your daughter? It's a good time to mention it because she's going to see this. She's going to hear it. Laura's 34 this year. Yeah. Uh, in April, Laura was born... 860 grams I held on the palm of my hand and I put a ruler next to my hand in the midi crib um, out at Westmead Hospital in the neonatal intensive care section. Anyway, Loz with hearing aids as well. She's hearing impaired. Uh, she's chronic asthmatic. Um, she's been diagnosed with OCD uh, and narcolepsy. Um, she's got a, a host of uh, physical problems, disabilities, uh, this year she's just enrolled um, to do her third degree, uh, a Master's in Education. She's already got a Bachelor of Communication and a Master's in um, World Relations, World Politics. Uh, I, I see in Laura my dad. She's a fighter. Wow. Man. Yeah. What she's achieved um, and overcome... And, and there's been some really horrible incidents in her life that she's overcome that, that other people would take their lives over. And as a father of a daughter, to have to live through that is, um, that's fucking hard. Anyway, she lives at Coogee now. Um, she's happy. She said, yeah. I'm going to get her in the gym. I'm going to look after her. Mm. When I see, you know, it was funny. After I chatted to her, I accidentally... I, how I ran into her, I ran into her at a cafe, I had a chat to her yeah. and then I ran into her yeah. and I, was, I hadn't seen her for a while. Yeah. And then I said, I'm getting your dad on the podcast and I seen her face. She wanted you on here, she wanted you to, she was so proud, so proud and, and I can see how proud you are about her. But I want to look after her at the gym, I want to look after her. Because she is, she is um, an amazing, like with everything that you're telling me that she's been through, She's um, quite amazing. She's so strong. Mm. 
it's yeah, it's amazing. I just wanted to mention that at the end. You know, I think I love you for it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and Mets, we're going to support. Let's support the next one. Yeah, we're going to we'll support the next one hundred percent. Yeah, we'll we'll, 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 yeah. Su- we'll, we'll yeah, well, definitely soon, do something. When, probably in the next, I would say, uh, three weeks. Uh, I mean, we'll set the date. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll get it out there because, uh, you know, I've set a, a figure. Uh, that I'm going to try and um, achieve the $50,000 for the Schaefer Foundation. We raised just nigh on um, five grand in 24 hours. We had a donate button on the live stream. Mm. Now, with this platform that we've created, and thanks to you guys, because you've added to this platform, and which this is wonderful. Mm. So I'm so appreciative of having you here because this helps it so much. So that from, from here... You know, we can we can really market yeah. the next event, yeah. and the money we need to raise for Schaefer Foundation, but probably predominantly street success, yeah. uh, and um, and continue to keep making a difference. Yeah. We'll get down there as well. Yeah, thank sure. you. Thank Thanks you. a lot, Phil. Social media, all your personal social media, Phil. Do you want Is, to um, right now? Is uh, on Facebook. It's um, Phil McDonald, Power of Community, uh, and in uh, just on twelve months, we've got I think just short of uh, twelve hundred members uh, there. And on Instagram, it's um, uh, Fit Old Boys. Uh, so Fit underscore old O L underscore Boys underscore sixty two. So um, yeah, look, please. Follow me. Um, any questions you've got, uh, shoot them at me. Um, yeah, so... You're an inspiration, Phil, honestly. <laughs> Thank you. You're a crazy inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Absolutely. leave it with that, but I want to thank you again. And, Thanks uh, so much. Thank you. Thanks to you and Harry and, yeah. and the crew. Thank yeah. you. I love you all. You Thanks so much. Amazing job. Thanks That's a lot. brilliant. Thank 24 you. 24 hours, girls. 24 hours. Thanks, Phil. Thanks a lot, Phil. Thanks, guys. <laughs>